Thanks for joining us for another God-inspired message from C3 Church Monash. Connect with us online at c3monash.org.au and we hope you enjoy today's message. Jesus, Jesus. You know, the name of Jesus means God saves. It's so powerful. Every time you say the name of Jesus, you are declaring that God saves. This presence that you're feeling right now, I just encourage you to close your eyes. It's not a presence that's just reserved for Easter Sunday. It's a presence that is available every day of the year, every moment. If you choose to enter it, you can enter into this presence in the car. You can enter into this presence in your bedroom. It's a beautiful thing. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the power of God. And it's available because as we've been singing and declaring, Jesus on this day, over 2,000 years ago, rose out of the grave. Oh, beautiful Jesus, God saves. We just adore you. Nothing compares to this, the presence of the living God. Heaven comes down to earth. Thank you, Lord. We don't have to wait till our time here is done and we're in heaven to experience you. We can experience you here on earth. And there's no need to rush in your presence for it's just so powerful. It heals even the most wounded of hearts. It restores the most broken of dreams that you've had. It is the greatest fulfillment you can ever experience in your life. Thank you, Jesus, mighty God. Holy, Holy Spirit. What a beautiful day this is in Christendom all around the world. Whether you are Catholic, Baptist, Lutheran, Anglican, Presbyterian, Pentecostal, no matter what style of worship you connect with, with all, we all celebrate this one thing, the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, let's give Him some praise. Thank you, Jesus. You conquered death. You defeated sin. You won the war for our souls. We declare that today. Mighty, powerful God. I'm so excited to preach my first ever Easter Sunday message. Are you ready to receive it? So come now, Holy Spirit. We open ourselves up to receive your words. Speak in the way that only you can. My prayer, God, today through this message is that every single one of us will leave this place feeling closer to you than what we were when we first came into this building. So have your way right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give God a clap offering. Stay standing with me as we go into our scripture for today, just in honour of the Word of God. Matthew 26, just 10 verses today, verse 36 to 46. This is straight after the Last Supper that Jesus had with his disciples. And it should come up on the screen shortly. You can read along with me. Matthew chapter 26. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him. And he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. 
Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and he prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and he found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch of me for just one hour? And he asked Peter, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And then he went back a second time and he prayed, my father, if it is not possible for this cup, everyone hold your hand out like a cup, for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more. And he prayed the third time, saying the same thing. My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. Then he returned to the disciples and he said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. He comes my betrayer. And Jesus chose willingly to go ahead and be tortured and crucified for our sins. My message title for you today, the topic we're talking on, is called The Filthy Cup. And I believe there's a screen, The Filthy Cup. So you can all be seated in the presence of God. Thank you, worship team. Let's give our worship team a great hand. Beautiful atmosphere of heaven in this place. And as you're getting comfortable and ready for the message today, I'm going to ask the most beautiful woman in the world, my wife, Emily Rundell, to come up and bring my props. Who loves a good prop in a message? If you're like me, I mean, I love hearing any messages. If you say something, I'll do my best to listen and remember and to learn. But if you show me a message, oh, that ministers to me in a more powerful way. So whenever I can think of a prop that is suitable for a message, I always, I'll always go there. And sometimes I'm really nervous it's going to fail. A lot could go wrong this morning, but I'm going to risk it. I believe it's going to be a powerful message if you're open to receive it. The filthy cup. The filthy cup. A few years now ago, um, at the end of one of our PM services, a few of us young adults went back to our youth leader's house just to hang out. Um, a couple of years ago, our youth leaders were Dom and Peter. At, now we have Joel and Giselle, who are our youth leaders. So if you want to um, drop your kids off on a Friday afternoon, to, Friday night to church, go out on a date, you can do that. They'll look after them, pick them up on the way home. Everyone wins. So Joel and Giselle are doing a great job. But we went back to Dom and Peter's house, and it was really fun to go there. Their house was like a mini zoo. They had like snakes and turtles and all these different types of reptiles. They had a dog, which is always fun. Um, but, you know, rabbits and all this stuff. And um, after spending some time looking at these animals, um, we decided to sit down and play a card game. Now, I've been trying to remember all week what this card game was called, but I cannot remember it. But it was one of those card games where instead of there being one winner, there was just one loser. So the aim of the, ga- the card game was just not to be that loser. After a couple of games, I thought it would make it a bit more interesting. I kind of convinced everyone that the loser of the next game will have to drink whatever concoction we put together in this cup. I mean, I was feeling really confident. I hadn't lost a single game yet. And so after every round, you know, we would um, 
go to the back of the pantry, you know, the out-of-date stuff that's starting to get real crusty, or the back of the fridge, and we'll pull out things like, I'm going to wish to see, yeah, I don't know how to say it, and we'll, we'll, you know, fill it up a bit. Oh, this comes out slow. Um, You know, we're not going to find the nice stuff that tastes good, like ice cream and milk and sprinkles and stuff like that. And then, you know, let's just chuck a bit of barbecue sauce in here. That's good. Let's um, find some things like hoisin sauce. Oh, yum. Let's get a bit of chunk of that in there. What else do we have? We have um, soy sauce, of course. You know, just this, we made this beautiful concoction and would stir it around and disgusting. You all know where I'm going with this. I lost that round. I lost the, and it was time for me to drink some of my own medicine. So I had too much respect to do it over their carpet. I went to their kitchen sink. It was way fuller than this. And, um, and I always try to fulfill my bets, you know, the fun things we do. And as soon as this thing hit my mouth, I tried to swallow it, but my gag reflexes just kicked in and I was like starting to throw up into this sink. And um, I couldn't do it, no matter how hard I tried, I couldn't drink the filthy cup. In the Garden of Gethsemane, I find it interesting how Jesus refers to what's coming up before him, his fate as a cup. Verse 39, let's go back there again. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and he prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. And I read a thought about this scripture out of the Matthew Henry commentary. So there's heaps of great commentaries out there. They're like this thick long, so they're broken down into like five volumes. And I always love to just do a bit of research on the scripture, the passage I'm preaching out of, because they talk a lot about what certain words mean in the Hebrew, and they talk about the context. They just offer some really good deep thoughts so I can get a better understanding what I'm preaching on. And I love what they said about the cup. They wrote, he calls his sufferings a cup, not a river, not a sea, but a cup, which we shall soon see the bottom of. And I love this thought because as filthy and as dirty as this cup was that was in front of Jesus, it represented that once it was finished, sin would be dealt with for all eternity. Unlike a river or the waves in a sea which keep flowing and crashing time and time again, a cup, once it's finished, is finished and it is done. Now, more on this very soon, but I want to digress quickly for a moment, because I know what many of you are starting to think at this point in the message. Why is Ben preaching a Good Friday message on Easter Sunday? I've come to hear about the resurrection of Jesus, not to hear about what happened on Friday. But I want to revisit what happened on Thursday and Friday, and there's a reason for this. And this is a big pivotal point in the message, so don't miss this. But the deeper your understanding about the sacrifice, the deeper your understanding will be about the resurrection. Let me put it another way. The more you understand about Thursday and Friday, the deeper your appreciation will be about Sunday. This is actually, I believe, a principle of life that that applies to many different things. The deeper the understanding, the deeper your appreciation will be. Ben, give me some examples. All right, I will. I'll give you three. Because, I mean, I think we all take things for granted. I take things for granted all the time, and you do as well. And it's not because we're bad people. It's because we haven't had that deeper understanding about what that thing actually meant or what that actually thing took. 
So I'll give you some examples. Anzac Day, coming up shortly. Why do we as Australians commemorate the men and women who have served our nation in the wars they've fought in? Because we honour and respect the sacrifice of tens of thousands of men and women who, who bought our freedom with their lives for this nation. And we should celebrate them. But why are, so many, why are some people so more passionate and emotional on this day than others? It's because the people that are passionate and emotional on this day of Anzac Day have a deeper understanding about it. Maybe they have a family member that served in the war. Maybe they've done their research on the history. Maybe they research what it took for those men and women to serve our nation in those environments. And so the deeper your understanding, the deeper your celebration and appreciation is going to be on a day like Anzac Day. Another completely different example. Now, this one, I haven't actually lived this out yet, but I think some of you guys are going to back me up on this. I want to talk about parenting for a moment. Now, I'm not a parent yet, but my guess is, my guess is that as soon as you become a parent, you start to appreciate what your parents did for you at a deeper level. Is that true, parents? Amen. Because you now realize the sacrifice it took as a parent to change five plus diapers a day, to every day take your kids to school, to put up with their whinging and nagging. You know, so now you have a deeper appreciation. I'm not saying it's not good times. A deeper appreciation for what your parents did because now you're living in that moment. Amen, parents? Last example, winning a premiership. Have you noticed that every fan reacts differently when their team wins a premiership? Now, the people that jump on the bandwagon, you know, in the final series, when their team wins the premiership, yeah, they're very happy. But compare that to a fan who's been passionately following their team for decades, who's been there, the highs and lows. They know the journey of every player. They, they know the good and the bad and the ugly, all these things. It's the kind of moment for a passionate fan when you win a premiership that will make a grown man cry. Because the deeper the understanding, the greater the celebration and the appreciation for what has just taken place. And if you're anything like me, sometimes I can read through Scripture so casually. You know, like, quickly read my Bible in the morning and read this passage of Scripture. Oh yeah, Jesus was nervous, but he went ahead with it anyways. He died for my sin. Thank you, Jesus. Off I go to work. But if we can really actually today try and get a deeper understanding of what Jesus actually did, it's going to not only change your Easter, it'll change your whole year knowing what Christ did for you. Let's go back to the scripture one more time. Let's memorize it this morning together. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and he prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. So here is Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. That's important because Gethsemane, the name in Hebrew, forgive me if I pronounce this wrong, Tekulis Olai. It means an olive mill, a press for olives, like a wine press. And so here Jesus began his passion, where he was pressed and crushed and stressed beyond what we could even ever possibly as humans 
comprehend the weight, the pressure of the whole entire world was now falling on him. In the Gospel of Luke, Luke is more descriptive. He describes Jesus as kneeling down, sweating drops of blood. The the sheer anxiety that Jesus was feeling, the pressure was causing his capillaries to burst, that he was sweating drops of blood. Jesus knew the fate that was before him. One, he knew that the physical and emotional suffering that was in front of him. But two, he knew the spiritual side of things, the weight of the sin of the world that he was about to drink from this cup. And so he pleads with God the Father that there would be another way. Nevertheless, he chose to accept his fate, not my will, but your, your will, God, be done. And what is the will of God the Father? It's that none shall perish because of their sin, that none shall go to hell because of their sin. The will of God the Father is that you would accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, for he has paid the penalty. He has done what you cannot do. That is the will of God the Father. And so Jesus decided to drink this cup, this dirty, filthy, dark, evil cup of sin. This was no physical drink that Jesus had to drink. He didn't just have to go 30 seconds down this and I'm done. This was hours and hours of torture and agony, three days in hell being tortured by every demon, hex and spell. This is the Son of God. This is no small task. He's deciding to own the sin of the world. My sin, your sin, in fact, the sin of every single person in history in this moment. This gross concoction, swirling with every sin and disgusting, evil injustice that you can possibly think of was in this cup. And I just wanted to try and help paint a picture this morning of what Jesus was deciding to take ownership of. And I'm going to grab Brody. Brody up on the keys as I bring this message to a close shortly. Because sometimes we, when we think that Jesus, you know, he died for our sins, we might think of the two or three sins that we struggle with. That's what Jesus died for. But the reality, the bigness, beyond our comprehension of what it actually meant, what Jesus was, was drinking, what, what he was taking ownership of, is just insane. No matter what I say, no matter what I demonstrate, I won't even come close to the depth of what Jesus did. But if I can at least paint a picture this morning and it helps us to understand at a deeper level what it meant, then I believe we're going to celebrate and appreciate the resurrection of Jesus at a level we've maybe never felt before. And so Jesus, when he decided to drink this cup, forgive me as I just move my notes, this is a long list. But every single act of murder in history, Jesus was taking ownership of. Every single act of adultery, sexual misconduct that has ever taken place, abuse of all kinds, physical, emotional, sexual abuse was starting to swirl in this cup. Every lie that's been told, he died for drug addiction, He died for drunkenness and gambling and all theft, insults of all kinds, debauchery, every curse word you and I have ever said, idolatry, the love of money, 
Everything was starting to swirl in front of him as the sin of the world fell down onto him. This glass kept getting bigger and bigger in this moment as he's sweating drops of blood. Deceit, greed, assault and violence, pride and envy, lust, gluttony, blasphemy, judging of others, selfishness, bribery, racism of all types, incest, corruption, hate, bullying, hypocrisy, fits of rage, vandalism, slander, manipulation, dishonouring God, wickedness, all of this stuff before him, he could see it all. Slander, manipulation, dishonouring God, wickedness, witchcraft, distortion, mockery, sorcery, gossip, all this stuff swirling in this cup, not just the sins of the world, but all the things which, which aren't coming into heaven, like sickness and disease, anxiety, pain, mental illness, curses, hex and spells, demonic evil and darkness, all this swirling in this cup that is before him, the sin of the world, beyond even what we can comprehend or imagine. And yet knowing what was before him, Knowing that drinking this meant he'll be separated from the Father. Knowing this meant that Jesus became our sin. Jesus drank this filthy cup for you and I down to the last drop. He did what you and I couldn't do. And this is why Resurrection Sunday is so beautiful for believers. Because the reality of what Jesus did is beyond even our deepest expression of gratitude could make a grown man cry when you encounter the grace and the mercy of God. For this day is about Jesus, the Son of God, the Lamb of God, who took away the sin of the entire world. Come on, let's worship Jesus today. Let's give Him the highest praise and gratitude. God, You did what we couldn't do. The filthy cup that You drank for us. We worship You, we honour You, we glorify You with our lives. And you did it for us in Jesus' mighty name. Let's all close our eyes right now in this moment. I honestly believe that the deeper the revelation is about what Jesus did for you and I, the sin of the world that he took on, in days like this, you can wake up and go, wow, God, wow, I never ever knew. You paid that much of a price. Wow, I, I never even knew that you, you literally paid for every single sin. They're the, they're the days where you're so grateful. You appreciate so much about God. How could God love someone like me? Maybe you've done all the things on that list. He's paid the price. You don't have to drink the cup. The only cup you have to drink is the cup of remembrance. And I ask that you do that at lunchtime today, that when you drink the cup, it's a cup of freedom. The cup represents the covenant, the blood of Jesus that has made you and me right with God for all eternity. Oh God, we worship you. God, we were once lost, but now we're found. We once felt like we were wearing filthy rags, 
but now we're washed as white as snow. And I come against any feeling of guilt or shame or unworthiness. In the name of Jesus, I drive you out of this place. And God, I pray your Holy Spirit will fill us up with the righteousness of God. For we have been called sons and daughters of God. Thank you, Jesus. In this moment, I want to give every single person in this place an opportunity to respond to the message of the gospel. And if you know that if you died today, if you're unsure about whether you'd go to heaven or not, I want to give you an opportunity right now to make a fresh commitment. Maybe it's the first time you've done it. Maybe it's a recommitment. If you want to commit your life to this gospel, to Jesus Christ, and accept Jesus as Lord and Saviour, then in a couple moments' time, I'm going to get you to raise your hand because I just want to lead you in a prayer that will just help you to connect with the mercy and the grace and the love of God. So on the count of three, if that's you, I want you to be brave and bold. I want you to lift your hand nice and high so I can see it. I'd love to pray with you right now. So if this is your first time or if you're recommitting your life to Christ on this Easter, on the count of three, raise your hands. One, two, three, right across this place. Thank you. I see that hand over there. Nice and high. Thank you. I see that hand there too. Who else wants to make that decision in their heart today? Thank you. I see that hand. Just a couple more moments. This is an amazing thing to do. Don't be embarrassed about it. A lot of people in this room have made this decision. It's the best thing you can ever do in your life. Is there anyone else just wants to make that fresh commitment? Amen. Hey, let's all close our eyes again. Let's pray for these people that are coming to Jesus Christ again. Let's pray, pray this after me. Dear Heavenly Father, here in this moment, on Resurrection Sunday, I'm making a decision to give you my life. I declare that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He died on the cross and He rose again to forgive me of my sin. I receive the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's put our hands together. Let's celebrate the freedom that Christ has brought for us. Have an amazing Easter Resurrection Sunday, everyone. Just know that you are loved by God. Your sin has been paid for in full. And we can be so grateful for what has happened. Thanks for listening to today's message. If you have any prayer needs, email prayer at c3monash.org.au or connect with us online.